Well, good morning, afternoon, evening, or whenever you find yourself listening to this bonus Nightmare Junkhead episode. Uh, This is actually just a little taste of what we're offering over on Patreon. And for as little as a dollar a month on our Squidly Diddly tier, at least three times a week, you're going to be hearing my reactions to a first-time viewing of a film. And I've been trying to explore a number of genres. And the example I have here today is my thoughts on Carnival of Souls. So if you are interested in joining our film family, head on over to patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead for this and so much more. Hope you all have a great Thursday. In and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that only participates in the kind of drag racing that involves lots of lipstick and karaoke. My name is Greg, and on today's Patreon-only episode, the I've Seen That Challenge finds me dancing with the dead as I take a ride on 1962's Carnival of Souls. And if you are listening in, thank you again for strolling along the promenade that is being part of our Nightmare Junkhead film family. And if any of you had come up to me and said, hey, Greg, what do you think about that movie Carnival of Souls? Would have probably said something along the lines of, oh, yeah, that's that kind of that little precursor to Night of the Living Dead that was shot in Lawrence, Kansas. Of course I've seen that. And two of those statements are true. Uh, Carnival of Souls was a precursor to Night of the Living Dead, and it was shot in Lawrence, Kansas, but what isn't true is I had not seen it prior to a very, very memorable screening at Screenland Armor. Uh, So that is to say, yes, I did get to see this one up on the big screen with a rabid audience, and I'm going to get to that rabid audience, Um, but this was a movie that I was very vaguely familiar with. In fact, I remember bits and pieces of the fact that that movie had been shot in Lawrence. Um, I did live in Lawrence for quite a while, and it was part of the mythos of Lawrence, Kansas. Like, oh yeah, this is, you know, uh, uh, Burroughs lives here, and, you know, Carnival of Souls was shot here. So Lawrence does have its little bit of infamy. But what I wasn't expecting was the the power that this film had on me especially the when i watched it and i wasn't anticipating it staying with me all the time that it has um carnival of souls it's a very simple tale for the most part uh does start with a drag racing accident and you've got the character of mary who survives this incident because what her the car she's in goes over a bridge uh goes into a river she comes out of the river seemingly unscathed, uh, then moves to a new town where she is. Now, she's an organist, it's, it should be noted. And music is a big thing uh, throughout the, this film. And what I love with Mary's character and uh, Candace Hilgoss, her performance in this movie for me was very next level. Because there's something in her performance, especially when she comes back. And I do believe this film... Listen, if you've you've listened to a few of these, if you listen to the show, you know I'm all about how a lot of horror is dealing with trauma and why 
and how you should deal with trauma. Otherwise, bad things can come about it. And to me, that's what this movie is all about is number one, is Mary dead? Number two, if she's not dead, how should she be dealing with, you know, the survivor guilt and walking away from what she did? But her way of dealing with it is to move away, move into this new town, uh, become the church organist of which she is not a religious person. And that's one of my favorite things is this this almost like paradox of a not an atheist or agnostic person, but a non religious affiliated person playing the organ. And there are several shots of organ playing in this movie that are just breathtaking. In fact, the first one that was shot in Lawrence uh, where it depicts the entirety of this huge, huge warehouse with this huge, huge organ. It's beautiful. And the music throughout is wonderful. And it's it's piped in quite literally throughout the film. Um, but it's this idea that he the, the priest comes up to her and he's like, oh, you play such lovely music. You know, we'd like to introduce you to the congregation. And what I love with Mary is she's just not she's not really good with being out with people and. You all know me. You all know what I do. Of course, I'm going to be fine-tuned to that. And uh, her landlady, as played in this movie, is awesome. Next level. She brings a lot of levity to the movie, of which you need, because this movie is not very funny. This movie is very serious. Um, But the idea, then, is she's basically this outsider looking in, She feels like she can't relate to anyone anymore. She's having problems where she knows she needs to interact with folks, but she's having issues doing it. So let me just tell you right there. I'm like, ah, Mary, I get you. You're my people. But this movie is still a horror flick. And when the horror hits, it truly hits. Now, this film was directed by uh, Herc Harvey. And Herc Harvey also plays our main ghoul in this film. And the first shot of our main ghoul when she is driving, oh, it is so effective. Um, the cinematography in this movie is next level. There are some incredibly breathtaking shots in this movie. There are some overhead shots that look like it should it would come straight out of a noir film. Um, you can see the influence that this movie has had on everyone from like George A. Romero to David Lynch, to I'll, I'll even argue uh, metalheads because the ghouls themselves aren't that far away from looking like they should be with some guitars and they'd be like right at home in a death metal band. Uh, it looks like the corpse paint that you would see. And that's to say it is fairly frightening. Now, there are other uh, shots of the ghouls throughout this film. Um, the first one, like I said, really struck me. Uh, the second is there's a scene when Mary starts playing the organ and she becomes um, inspired and starts playing really creepy organ music. But then, of course, she sees this uh, carnival when she moves to the new town. It's this abandoned carnival. And when she's playing this this inspired song, she sees all of the dead dancing. And that was one of my favorite shots, that entirety of all those shots in there. But then the head ghoul separates himself from the other dancers And there's this great shot when he approaches her, arms out straight to the camera. And it was so chilling, legitimately chilling. Um, Every shot of the ghouls rising from the water 
sent chills down my spine. It was evil, it was disturbing, it was silent, and when the organ music hit, it made it even better. Sincerely, there are so... Her profane uh, playing of the organ, and even the priest comes, he's like, what are you doing? You're putting out the devil's music here. It is so freaking good. And poor Mary, like I said, there's bits and pieces of her where she doesn't want to get involved with anyone. She'd just rather be by, by herself. But then... There are other moments when she's like, you know what, I because the fact that these ghouls are chasing me, I would like to be with other people out there. Now, unfortunately for Mary, she doesn't have a, a real big selection of people to be hanging out with. And I mentioned before that I did see this in the theater. <laughs> Taking a drink here because this is where the story gets so much better. There is... Something to be said about the communal experience when you watch a movie, especially when you watch a movie for the first time. And there's a character in Carnival of Souls, uh, the neighbor to Mary in the, in the building that she's in, the apartment, uh, neighbor John, played by Sidney Berger. And I mention him because I've seen people react to movies. Uh, I've seen people react to characters in the movie, but it's very rarely when I hear and see a theater change and react uh, to a movie and a character. And it happened with this. Uh, The character of John is, he is so toxic and nasty and gnarly. And he is everything wrong with kind of society here in 2020. But even in 62, you he's played as a bad guy and from the first shot when he invites himself into Mary's room and there's this shot where she's got she's drinking tea and all you see is his right hand and you don't see the rest of his body just his right hand in the frame with Mary and it is so intrusive and I remembered from that get-go I'm like oh oh no this this guy this guy is not my kind of guy and he's very much well I took you out don't I deserve something he is Nah, it just everything that's wrong with with male masculinity is in this character, and he's you listen. You're 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 set to not like him, and it works. But what I wasn't anticipating was how the entire theater started reacting every time John showed up on the screen, and you know us, we love reactions. And holy shit, were people reacting. In fact, I want to give a little special shout out uh, to one of our members of our film family that also experienced this film with me. Uh, hello, Lauren Daly. It was wonderful to see you out there. And it was, you, listen, you know just as well as I do how people were reacting to John. And there was a couple sitting next to me. And when I say sitting next to me, like five or six, seven seats away because we are socially distanced at Screenland Armor. And I'm not going to say or suggest that the that the lady friend of this couple was a little inebriated but i you know i can read body language and at one point during the film she was leaned forward her bow was uh, kind of rubbing her back and i've seen that one that's the uh, let's get you through this but every time john came on screen and every time he gave one of those slimy retorts about what he was owed and oh, what's wrong with you? Don't you like men? Don't you all? Don't you like people? All these things. It started. It started quiet, but I hear this. Oh, fuck that guy, man. And 
listen, this is a brief film. Brevity is great. This film only runs 72 minutes. But by about 50 minutes in, by the time John has truly worn out his welcome, this poor drunken woman was like, fuck you, John. Fuck that. I mean, and what was funny was, now, nor, again, normally that would enrage me because I'm just like, oh, don't, you know, comment to the screen. But I think because everyone in the theater was feeling that and people were still reacting there. You could, but she was audibly laying it out. And it was really funny. She's like, I'm sorry, folks. This guy is just getting to me. She apologized to us all after her really big outburst. But at that point, I'm like, no, preach on sister. John sucks. And there's a point when Mary mentioned, she's like, listen, I don't like drinking. I don't like dancing, but that doesn't mean I'm not a person. Because John's like, why don't you come out and dance? Why don't you come out and drink? What's wrong with what is wrong with you if you don't like doing these things? And that's when I get the struggle that Mary is finding with because the technically I think the question is going on is, is Mary dead? Are the ghouls that she sees, are they specters of the dead that are chasing her to bring her to the land of the dead? And spoiler no i don't want to spoil anything because i do want you all to see this movie you know what it's available for free on youtube um please see it check it out but there's the shot the final shot suggests something very much like oh this is the way it is which again i understand but the journey that mary goes on and like i said the fact that it's actually it's a little upsetting that candace hilgoss didn't work all that much after this because i thought she was phenomenal as mary uh she portrayed just so many emotions and a lot of it is just the the terror. And it's not so much the terror of the ghouls, but it's that terror of not fitting in. And, you know, listen, I I am I am a people person. As strange as that, as much as I know, as I say, as antisocial as I am, I'm very much a people person. But there's a part of me that is still struggling with how do I interact? And again, I've talked about the depression and the trauma and dealing with that. And once I start liking myself a little bit more. I can probably like and interact with others a little bit more. It's all it's self-care, I think, is what comes down to this particular film or again, the baggage that I brought with it. And like I said, this movie has stayed with me for a long time and it's one I cannot recommend enough to other folks um, in terms of the style. A lot of modern horror Probably wouldn't exist without a movie like Carnival of Souls. The fact that it was shot primarily in Lawrence, Kansas is, is awesome. And the fact that gives us, I will also say this, just recently saw the stylist on the big screen. And that movie is a Kansas City movie through and through. So it's always kind of nice within genre fare when you have those films that are directly tied to certain regional locales. Carnival of Souls, Lawrence, Kansas. The stylist, Kansas City, Missouri, but it's all us, folks. Something to be proud of, something that I think not only can we be proud of, but I think something that both of these films actually would play wonderful as a back-to-back just in terms of a person's struggle to fit in and to get along in current society, whether it's in the 60s or the you know current contemporary. It's a struggle. So that being said, let's all look out for each other. Let's all be good Marys. Let's not all let's all let's not be Johns. Let's get rid of all the Johns out there in the world. Um, but no, thank you, Lauren, for coming out and sharing in that experience because I'm again, I, I think we all felt that way. Um, but thank you to Screenland that I can now truthfully say Carnival of Souls. I've seen that. 